It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Life, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode number 171 today. We're cooking right through them. Uh, I have been bugged by something over the past number of months, and I haven't been able to exactly put my finger on it, and I'm still not able to do so, but uh, but it, it, it is a reality I am experiencing and something I am observing, and I, I imagine you, you are seeing the same thing. It's really twofold, and it has to do, number one, with our expression of pride in America. You know, uh, you think of the Lee Greenwood song, uh, Proud to be an American. Uh, are, doesn't it feel right today that there is a, a certain atmosphere, an environment, both on social media and in the news and uh, maybe where, wherever you get together with, with friends and members of the community, there is this odd and inexplicable hesitancy to express a, a feeling of pride in being an American. It, it, it breaks my heart. I am proud to be an American, all right? <laughs> and I don't say that to, to be divisive or anything. It is simply the way that I feel. And somehow, somehow, the attitude has shifted a bit around this country where that is almost a negative expression. Second, second something I, I've seen develop over time is absolute disdain for law enforcement. I've spent much time on this program talking about how much uh, I admire those in law enforcement. I respect those uh, who wear the badge each day and run towards danger instead of away from it. Uh, I'm a huge admirer of law enforcement. And yet somehow, somehow today, well, first, they, they do so much good. It's more than just they run towards danger. When you are in your most, uh, when you are in your darkest moment, when you are feeling fear that you have never felt before in your life, when you are facing danger that could quite literally take your own life, who do you call? Right? You call 911. And who shows up? An officer of the law. Regardless of your color, where you came from, your beliefs, your politics. An officer of the law shows up to help you when you are in need the most. And somehow today it is to be a supporter of law enforcement uh, makes you some sort of uh, divisive jerk. And you're a monster and you're probably a racist too. No, that's out of whack. That's not right. That's why I'm so pleased to have seen a pair of publications recently uh, written by Utah Congressman Chris Stewart uh, addressing uh, both of these two, uh, these two fronts, that the United States of America is, number one, a good place, and that law enforcement is deserving of respect, support, and admiration. Congressman, sir, how are you? It's good to be with you. You know, we live in a world that just normal people feel like it's been turned on its head. And this, this uh, phrase that many of us have heard and used in our lives, where good is evil and evil is good, that's certainly what we're experiencing here, where people will actually argue the United States has been a force for evil in, in the world, and it's just nonsense. And the same people will often argue that the, all police are bad, 
and I'll substitute that in for what they call them. Sure. And uh, and that the answer is to defund or to eliminate the police force. It's, I mean, it's just incredible to me, Lee, that that would be even a serious conversation. And the last thing I'll say very quickly, because I kind of jumped in, I'm sorry, before you could even ask a question, but even in your introduction where you said, you know, that you, you support your country, you'll stand for your national anthem flag, and that that's controversial, oh, my heavens, why in the world should that be controversial that we would support and defend our country? How did we get here? How is this the case? Is it? Uh, is there a group? Is there a sector of our society that w- that is just ignorant or naive, or is there some sort of concerted effort to uh, to change the, the the American attitude? Well, and it, it's that and some other things too. I mean, an adequate, uh, sufficient answer to that question would probably take you know uh, several hours. But but you know, it's a number of things. One of them is that too many people have actually are actually being taught in in our schools and in in, in our society and our culture in Hollywood and other things that that uh, you know we really are the source of the problem. I mean, you mentioned that Lee Greenwood song about "I'm proud to be an American." It would be interesting if a song like that were released today, whether it would become popular like it did at the time, because it would certainly be much more difficult for it to. But there are many, many Americans who still love their country, who will still stand for the flag, who will still stand for the national anthem and to honor those brave men and women who sacrificed for it. But they do so, many of them, uncomfortably. They know that some people look at them and they're judging them or, or thinking, oh, look at those look at those racists, look at those, you know, people who don't appreciate the challenges our nation has and, and seem to gloss over. And that's not, not true. We recognize our country has some areas that we have to get better at, but we can still be proud of our country and still, as I said, defend that our, the good that our country has done. Has this attitudinal shift been so tectonically large that we just can't come back from it? Can we return? I remember not that long ago where, where this was, these types of attitudes were unheard of. Everybody yeah. was proud to be an American. Everybody supported and understood uh, the, the important role of law enforcement and had a healthy and I think uh, informed understanding that, okay, yeah, there are some bad eggs out there. And we ought not be uh, judging the whole lot of them based on the, the, the bad actions of a few. Can we come back from this? Yeah, uh, I mean, we can, and we have to. And, and, and the beginning of that is to just recognize that we're dealing with some people who truly don't, don't love our country, not only don't love our country, but actually hate our country and, and would seek to harm it. So we, we have to start with that reality. There are some people who don't feel about our country the way we do. But I really believe that most Americans still do. And I'll give you a, a simple example, but I, think, but I think it's sufficient. And that is, uh, I was recently at a, at a Fourth of July event, a parade, and I wasn't in the parade. I was... Uh, I was actually back in D.C. And, you know, the flag goes by, and the tradition is is that, you know, you stand for the flag when it passes, right? Right. Uh, at least that's the way it's been for me since I was a little boy. And no one around, uh, around us on either side of the street stood, but I did. And when I did, a lot of other people looked and said, okay, I guess it's okay, and then they all stood. And I really think that's what people are looking for. They're just looking for their friends and their neighbors and other people around them to acknowledge, hey, I feel the same way you do. I still love my country. I still think the United States is doing good in the world. Yeah, we're not perfect. We get that. But we still are trying to get better, and we still are out there actually trying to help people. And uh, and when we realize, hey, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who feels that way. There really is. Uh, kind of comforting knowing that there's other people who share that view still. 
Yeah. Congressman, our time has expired, and I'm sorry for that because I would like to speak to you about uh, China and the work of the China Task Force, of which you are uh, a member. Maybe we can find an opportunity later in the week to, to touch on some China stuff. But let me uh, thank you for being proud to be an American and for uh, sharing these words uh, in your publications and on this program today. Thanks again. Thanks for what you do, Lee. 171 heading towards 10,000. That's Good the luck. way. That's the A. All go. right. All right. Okay, thank you so thank much. You. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm late, and I apologize for that. When we return, uh, we have now gotten our hands on uh, the agenda, on the agenda uh, rolled out by the Trump campaign, what he would like to see happen in his second term. I want to share with you some of the highlights from that agenda and ask you what you think. Is it plausible? Is it realistic? Can we pull it off? Is it something you want? We'll discuss it next on Live Mike. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.